From the Amazon to the Himalayas, God is accomplishing his mission. Welcome to Amazon to the Himalayas podcast. Stories and conversations with the global church and for the global church about the mission of God in the world. And now here is your host, Paul Aiken. Welcome to Amazon to the Himalayas podcast. I'm your host, Paul Aiken. And in this episode, we're going to be having a conversation with Kambiz Seghai. Kambiz is a Persian church leader who is originally from Iran in the Middle East. Kambiz currently serves as the director for Persian leadership development at Southeastern Seminary, where he helps train pastors in Farsi to strengthen the Persian church. Kambiz has firsthand experience as a pastor. He has endured suffering and persecution for his faith, and he has been a witness for Christ in the face of hardship. Kambiz is a gift to the church, and I'm really excited for you to hear from him today. Kambiz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I want to say hi to you and the all audience, and this is the, my honor and privilege to be here. Thank you so much for your invitation. Kambiz, maybe start by just telling us briefly about you and your family. So as you said, my name is Kambiz. Uh, Kambiz is the name of the father of King Cyrus. And I was born in the Islamic Republic of Iran. I have been married to my wife, Sepide, for almost 30 years. We have two children. My son, Kiarash, is 25 years old. He recently graduated from UNC, majoring in biology. He is planning to join the medical field. We also have 18 years old daughter, Tiam, who is a senior in high school. Awesome. Awesome. Kambiz, one of the things that I'm, I'm always interested to hear from brothers and sisters from around the world is their salvation testimony. So maybe just tell, tell us briefly how the Lord saved you, how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. And also, I enjoy to share how God worked in my life. As I said, I was born in Iran and I grew up as a strong Muslim. In 1997, I moved to Cyprus for work and I heard about the church where Iranian Muslims were going and convert to Christianity. I went to that church to stop Muslims from believing in Jesus. After nine months of fighting, arguing, and, uh, and fighting against Christianity, Jesus Christ broke through my heart and safety. Two things that God used to draw me to himself were the special love among church members and how Christians answered questions to life. You see Muslims answer questions with stories, but Christians can give direct answers about life's questions from the Bible. In 1999, pastor left our church and ordained me as a new pastor. After pastoring a year, I moved to Istanbul, Turkey, and God connected me with International Mission Board, IMB, to start a house church. Our church grew, and some of our church members, they moved back to Iran to share the gospel with Muslims. God used them to bring 15 people to faith in Christ. And then I took trips to help them in their ministry in Iran. During those trips, I felt God calling me to move back as a church planter. And so in 2003, my wife and I returned to Iran. 
first week, first church, my wife and I. But God blessed our small church, and that one small church became three churches with 70 members. We believe that God commands all believers to go and make disciples. And so we did not stay just in our city and our church. We went and ministered to nomadic people group and other unrich people group. For seven years, we ministered in Iran and God protected us. Then on Christmas Day in 2009, more than 20 second police came to our party and arrested me. They took me to our home, searched everywhere, and took everything. And then at the midnight, they put me in Rajai Shah prison, which is the prison, local prison in our city. For 21 days, my family didn't know where I am and where I had been taken. Finally, after 34 days, my family was able to visit me in prison. I stayed there for three months. I was finally able to put up bail and was released to return to court as needed. They charged me with crimes against the government and against Islam. But I won't say people, they call that persecution, but I call that the closest relationship with God. Every day they closed my eyes and took me to the room and start asking questions. But every single time when I was returning from that room, I was rejoicing because I leave that verse. God says, if they take you to the court, don't think what you say. Holy Spirit will speak. Judge, two times tried to change my charges to apostasy so he could hang me. And when he failed, the judge told me, look at my eyes and told me, I will find something against you to kill you for. Come back in two weeks. When I returned two weeks later, the judge was out sick. All of our church members fasted and prayed for the judge. This is our responsibility. Then I received a phone call and was told I had to be in court at 8 a.m. the next day, even though I wasn't scheduled to come back for two months. When I arrived, I was told my case moved to another court, a new judge. The prosecutor who wrote everything against me asked the new judge to sentence me one year probation and then close the case. I had no idea why. But a few days later, I learned that my case was moved to another court because the first judge had died and other judges prayed God. Psalm 37, 32 to 36 was very real in my life. But I'm going to just read 32 and 36. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. But he has passed away. And behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. I was sentenced to two years in prison for crime against Islam. And so I took my family to Turkey and applied for 
asylum as a refugee. I continued working with IMB in Turkey for four years. And during that time, we started two churches that are still meeting today. During our time in Turkey, I became a distance learning student at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I was able to study in Turkey until 2015, when the United Nations sent us to America. God has been so good to us. And now I am Director for Persian Leadership Development at Southeastern. And also in 2017, I started a nonprofit organization named Mojde. The meaning of Mojde is good news. We are providing free online theology courses for Iranian and all Farsi speakers. When we talk about the Farsi speakers, this means Iran, Afghanistan, and Tajikistan. Kambiz, praise God. Thank you for sharing with us your story of salvation and how the Lord has been faithful to you through all kinds of, of trials and persecution and sufferings. But I love the way that you said it. You said, you know, I don't like to use the word persecution. I like to think of it as the time in which I was closest to the Lord. And I think that's just an amazing thing for us to hear. So thank you for sharing that. I, I want to ask you a little bit. You mentioned that, that you were born and you grew up in Iran. So tell us a little, a little bit about the Persian-speaking world. What do we need to know about that part of the world? As I said, the Persia, when you say the Persian speakers, we are talking about the Iran, Afghanistan, and Tajikistan. Persia, or modern-day Iran, is the land of the King Cyrus. In Acts chapter 2, also, the first three people groups that mentioned at the day of Pentecost are from Iran. Parthians, Medes, and Elamites. So Iran has an 81 million population, and the 99% of them, they are Shia Muslim. And Afghanistan and Tajikistan also, if together we calculate together, we are talking about the 115 million population who they are speaking Farsi. Wow. Okay. So quite a large number of people. One of the things that's been interesting, and, and this is starting to be on the radar for people here in North America, is the recent growth of Christianity and the church in Iran. So maybe talk to us a little bit about that. What's been going on over the last two to three decades as it relates to the growth of Christianity and the church in Iran? God is doing the amazing things in Iran. First of all, I should say, there is a 150 years history of missionaries' work in Iran until the Islamic Revolution happened. During this time, some reports shows 57 Muslim background believers just was the fruit of the work of these missionaries in during 150 years. And other reports shows 500. But after revolution in the last 40 years. When the Islamic revolution in Iran happened and they, they took power, many people became believers. Why? Because before the revolution, the government was secular and the people were Muslim and followed by Muslim leaders. But after the revolution, the government became Muslim, Islamic government, and forced the people to practice Islam. This is when people found out 
what the real Islam is. And this is the main reason people are turning away from Islam. And right now, many leaders believe that there are about 2 million believers in Iran. Wow, that's pretty staggering numbers to think. You said maybe 40 years ago, maybe 500 Christians, and now some people say 1 million, 2 million believers maybe. That, that's amazing growth, and we're grateful for the, the work that the Lord is doing there in that place. As you've stayed connected with the church in Iran, I know you're connected with Persian pastors in many different places, and you think back on the last two to three years, what are some of the most encouraging stories to you? What are some of the things that you hear that the Lord is doing there? God is doing amazing things. God touched hearts, and now is the harvest time in Iran. We hear some Islamic leaders, mullahs, convert to Christianity. We have students in our program in Wajda. They are in some government ministries. So we cannot go forward, go further and talk about that, all details for security. But we have received a voice recording from a dear sister, and I would like to share her encouraging story with you. She told us that along with her cousin, she became interested to know and fight with Christianity. And as a result, she started looking into Mojda courses. After watching the lectures, both she and her cousin gave their hearts to the Lord. In her recording, she thanked us for providing the opportunity for her to hear the gospel and receive further future material for discipleship. And also she is able now to share the gospel for others. That is amazing when we see God moving among Iranians and how God touching their hearts. Praise the Lord. Currently, Kambiz, you serve as the Director of Persian Leadership Development at Southeastern Seminary. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. What's the focus and the nature of your work? So finally, God opened the door for education among Farsi speakers at Southeastern. And I want to say a special thank you to Dr. Aiken, Dr. Yurt, and entire Southeastern family. When I started became a student in Iran, every day I was praying, God, please bring somebody in Southeastern to translate the material and I be able to read in Farsi because it was so, so hard to reading and understanding that English. Still now also I have a struggle with English, but now we're offering a bachelor's degree in Persian ministry in Farsi online. <laughs> and people, they are our students in their own countries, and they are able to study in their own heart language. We have about 63 students enrolled in, in this degree. And this is the only accredited college for theology in Farsi in the world. We are praying and working to start master's program in Farsi too. At the same time, as I said, I started a nonprofit organization called Mojde, and we create the courses and translate the material which is made available to students for free. 
Right now, we have about 1,900 students from 217 cities all around the world. This is amazing. God is doing amazing things. Wow. Praise the Lord for the way he's provided theological training and education in the Farsi language for the, the growing church there in Iran. And we appreciate your role and your leadership in that. I wanted to ask a question as we think about the church here in North America. In your opinion, in what ways can the church in the West here in North America or in Europe, in what ways can they help serve the church in the Persian world? First of all, pray. There is a power in prayer. Secondly, send missionaries, because that is how people hear the good news and are saved. Because churches sent and supported missionaries, I heard the gospel, and God saved me and my family and through us many others. So please continue. Send missionaries, support them, and let the gospel go to all around the world. Other way to help Persian churches is financial support for providing the resources for them in Farsi. Especially with Moisdu ministry, right now we need a lot of resources to translate it, and there is a cost involved in that. Certainly, certainly. That's a great opportunity. I want to ask the question on the other side. In your opinion, what are some things that the church in the West, some things that the church in North America can learn from the church in the Persian world? The Persian church continues to grow even the face of persecution. Pastors are imprisoned for their faith, and yet church still grows. This can be encouraging for the American churches to understand that there is nothing, nothing more precious than the gospel. Please don't let the culture, wealth, and comfort take you away from the power of the gospel and doing the work of the Great Commission. I think persecuted churches, they can encourage West churches to keep going and do the Great Commission. Praise the Lord. That's a, a timely word that we all need to be hearing and we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. So thank you for sharing that. As you think about the state of the church in the Persian world, I know it's, it's relatively new. We're talking about a couple of decades. But as you think about the state of the church there, what encourages you? God is doing amazing things, I said, and also working among Farsi speakers. God touched their heart and saved lives, and now is a harvest. Now is a time for harvest. It's ready. This encouraged me. When I see every day, many people, they come to faith. And in the country, this is that one, one fun thing is very, really encouraged me. In the country that is Islamic and where women that are treated as a second class citizens, our students, 43% of our students, they are ladies. So this, this means not we pass the border of the Islamic country, we pass the border of Muslims' home. <laughs> now, 43% are ladies, demons. That is, that's really encouraged me. Yes, that's so encouraging to think that it's not just men, but it's women as well that are being trained and being equipped. And so, yeah, that's very encouraging. Praise the Lord for the work. 
I want to ask the question kind of on the other side. I asked you what encourages you, but now I want to ask you, as you think about the state of the church in Iran, in the Persian world, what concerns you? The Farsi-speaking church is very young and growing very fast, but they don't have that much roots yet. Iran, Afghanistan, and Tajikistan, same thing. My concern is false teaching, such as the Jehovah Witnesses, Mormonism, Brahmists, and prosperity gospel. So this concerns me, and they need right deep theology. So I pray every day for church, this young church in Iran. One of the things that I like to do is I ask people to kind of fill in the blank with a certain question. And I would love to hear your thoughts from your perspective. The biggest challenge in global missions today is blank. So you leave the one blank. I think I believe we should leave the many blanks here because there are many challenges, external and internal challenges. Externally, Islam, New Age, and etc. But internal, internally, lack of the discipleship and disobedience. But the, I, if you say the biggest challenge is the disobedience, Man, Great Commission is not for the church building and the mission department. Great Commission is for the individual believers. Jesus commands us to go and make disciples. If all Christ followers obey this command, all people in the globe can hear the gospel. So the biggest challenges of the globe mission, uh, missions is disobedience and lack of the discipleship. Well said, well stated. Kambiz, this next question is a little bit more personal, but it's something that I ask everyone that I interview. And so I would love to hear your response. Day after day, week after week, and month after month, what keeps you doing what you're doing and why are you giving your life to this work? When you say God is moving and God is doing things, and who am I? I am nothing. But when I see God doesn't need me, but using me as an instrument in his hand for his glory, this, this is the biggest encouragement for me. And when I see God, God's kingdom is growing among my people and people, God saved their lives. So this encouraged me to keep going. And every day I pray, God, use me. I am here. Use me. Send me. Amen. Amen. Last question. What is one thing you want everyone listening to this podcast to know or to do? My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, individualism has made barrier around us. Please break your barriers and walls and go and share the gospel with your neighbor. If we deeply understand the Great Commission and our responsibility that God gave us, we don't listen to our culture that says, don't talk about religion. We will listen to our master who says, go and make disciples. Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Kambiz today. Please pray for him, for his family, and the Persian work that he is involved with around the world. 
To hear more conversations like this, please subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening to Amazon to the Himalayas. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Amazon to the Himalayas. This podcast is brought to you by the Billy Graham School at Southern Seminary. Please visit our website, www.sbts.edu bgs, where you can subscribe to the show and learn more. Also, if you have found these conversations helpful, please leave us a comment or a review and encourage your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more. This is Amazon to the Himalayas podcast.